Alrighty, everybody. Good uh, evening, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And uh, I know, Wiz, it seems like we're talking like three patsies in a row. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about a team that has some promise this year. Uh, a team that I don't know would have happened in that playoff game against the Eagles had Brock Purdy not gotten hurt, Wiz, because he certainly made his mark in the NFL despite being <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant uh, in, in, the, uh, in the draft the year before. Just a remarkable run by Purdy, and uh, unfortunately, that injury cost him in the playoffs. Yeah, it really did. How unfortunate they just didn't have any of their backups. And right now, it looks like there's a three-pronged battle, if you uh, battle, if you will. Brock Purdy coming off that injury, Trey Lance, who's trying to show people that he can be the quarterback that was thought of him when he was drafted. Sam Donald as well, and uh, uh, Trey Lance looked pretty good today. Actually, uh, put up pretty good numbers. Brock Purdy is apparently going to be the quarterback, but I will say this. If the 49ers have Brock Purdy starting, and let's say they go with Sam Donald as the backup, it makes all the world, in a sense, to trade Trey Lance. And, and I think a perfect fit for Trey Lance would be a team like Cincinnati or Kansas City, a team where he could really learn how to play the position, and the 49ers trade him out of their own conference, and somebody that could be a backup, a much improved backup for what they, those teams have. So um, I think if they feel Brock Purdy's okay and Sam Donald's a backup, they could get some value. It, it would make sense for one of those teams to try and have a short-term deal with Trey Lance. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But it's amazing. It's amazing how much they gave up to get Trey Lance, right, when you really look back at what's happened historically here. I have a feeling there was a real disagreement in that building about who to take, but I think that'll be for another day down the road where, you know, the truth about that will be revealed. But in any case, if it's Brock Purdy, I have him as quarterback too. Um, I know he's coming off the injury, but there are just too many good players around him. The offensive line is elite. So Brock Purdy for me, quarterback too, if he gets to start in week one, how do you see it? Yeah, so, I mean, really, in the in the seven games that he started, he did put up, well, first of all, he completed 67% of his passes. Not that he had a lot of yards per game, Wiz, but he just had the knack for big plays, right? Threading the needle, getting the ball where he needed to get to. He had 14 touchdowns in the games he played. He, he was a playmaker. He made a difference and a lot of confidence. A player that started a ton of games in college, and he showed you the composure that he had as a result. So... Uh, I agree where you have him ranked, and I have him ranked as well, quarterback two. But, you know, again, with the weapons around him, although I, I do have some question marks around some of those weapons, uh, I think the depth at wide receiver is lacking a bit here for the, for the 49ers, quite frankly. An injury could be very costly, and you and I both know Debo Samuel has struggled to stay healthy at times in the past, and he's a big part of what this team wants to do. But, but Purdy is, is kind of like one of those perfect guys as a, as a QB, too. I, I, don't, I don't see it any more than that, despite his immense success in his, in his rookie season. At a point where there is no questions regarding is Christian McCaffrey, who, you know, a lot of people think should be the first running back taken off the board. Some people think Eckler. Um, you know, I have no problem with either of those players being taken as the first running back taken off the board in the drafts. Ideally, you want to have the handcuff to Christian McCaffrey. The problem is, is that Elijah Mitchell um, don't know what his injury status is, and 
Otherwise, Jordan Mason and, and, and Tyrion Davis Price, um, it could be a split kind of a situation. But uh, I want to know who's second on that depth chart because I'm drafting Christian McCaffrey. I feel that the situation with that offensive line and the way Kyle Shanahan is able to diagram these plays, it, it's kind of like whoever they get in the, get it gets in there can do some big stuff. So Christian McCaffrey for me, running back overall number one, and I got to look at that depth chart, but I want the handcuff. What say you? So the one thing I will say is I I don't think this offensive line is as good as it was last year. They've got two guys that they need to replace, so that's question mark number one. Uh, The second thing is they have an outstanding fullback in Kyle Juszczyk, who's a a big part of what they do in the running game, as is George Kittle from a blocking perspective. Uh, So that helps incredibly. Um, McCaffrey, 13 starts last year, five catches a start. He had 13 touchdowns. He had 112 yards and no starts. So, you know, he is the man. Uh, and, and San Francisco put him right to work when they acquired him via trade. Uh, I want to think Mitchell is going to be the backup, but Mitchell has a long history of injuries. So, you know, they, they will potentially be reliance on the third guy in, in this depth chart, depth chart. So if it is Trey Mason or if it is uh, Tyrion Davis-Pierce, that, 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 that is an important position the San Francisco 49ers do like to use, and Kyle Shanahan, even with McCaffrey, showed you at times last year, especially when Mitchell came back late in the year, that he was willing to give his star player a rest when needed. So it is important. it's an important depth area in terms of when you look at the charts around the league. The Niners is an important one because of the way this offense operates. Real quickly, Eckler on McCaffrey. I'm going McCaffrey. It's just too hard. Yeah, it, right. It's just too hard. It's 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 too hard. It's too hard to to pass that up. As well as I am, uh, Debo Samuel, um, I know is ranked, listed, projected. People are taking well of Brandon Ayuk. I kind of have them a little bit closer together, uh, but I could see both players being in the wide receiver two mix. Um, I guess because of each other, both somewhere between 20 and 25-ish. I like Juwan Jennings. I think he's one of these guys that if he got an opportunity and something would happen to either uh, Ayuk or Debo Samuel, you see him really uh, move up the charts and and become um, somebody who could really fill up the box score, I think, with catches. He's a terrific route runner. But Debo Samuel and Ayuk, in that wide receiver two range for me both, but a little bit closer than a lot of people are projecting where it just seems like Debo is well ahead of him. I'm not sure I see it that way. What say you? Uh, I drafted Debo Samuel coming out of college uh, in keeper leagues. I had him for a dollar. I was completely scarred by that player. The one year where I don't protect him, he goes bananas. And last year, everybody's all giddy with enthusiasm about Debo Samuel, and he was an absolute bomb last year was uh Debo Samuel 1400 yards 77 catches six touchdowns all those rushing yards the year before last year 56 catches 632 yards and a meager two touchdowns receiving Debo Samuel was one of the biggest busts in fantasy last year and he's part of the reason why he didn't keep him the year before and part of the reason, because the players hurt a lot, he got hurt four times, that hamstring again, which I was so concerned about the previous year. He seems like he can't shake it off. So Ayuk completely outperformed Samuel last year. Eight touchdowns, 1,100 yards. Uh, I think those players 
should be ranked very similarly. If anything, I actually think Ayuk should be ranked higher. All the talk out of camp is Ayuk has looked like the better player. You know, Debo Samuel got his money, but Debo Samuel has really whiz the way I look at it, only had one good season in football so far. And your view of Ayuk? Yeah, I like Ayuk. I mean, Ayuk's confidence has grown, right? Like, I think he was kind of in the doghouse a little bit the year before. But as if you remember, he did finish the season strong. And you can't, I mean, 78 catches, 114 targets, over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. How can you say no to that? You know, I mean, Brandon Ayuk played with immense, immense confidence last year. And he is being incorrectly ranked as opposed to his teammate. All right, so if you're in a snake draft and before you uh, you find yourself in a situation where you want to take a receiver and Devo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are both on the board, who are you taking? Brandon Ayuk, and I'm going to tell you why, was because there was all this craziness about you know Samuel playing like this kind of Swiss Army knife of running the football, but with, with McCaffrey here, if you can forget that. So it, lo- it, it, lo- it loses that allure. I'm taking Brandon Ayuk. Let's get to George Kittle. If you're going to start a football team and you want to say who's the best tight end in the NFL, who does it all, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to take anyone but George Kittle. The problem with that, it lends itself to him not being on the field for all of the games. He also doesn't run routes as much as, no. let's say, Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. Uh, he's a great football player. But the way he, he plays, his style, the way he's used in the run game, it kind of hurts him in fantasy football. And I think the day of George Kittle being a top three tight end, I've kind of passed him by. And it, it not, not all of it his fault, uh, most of it just the system and how hard he plays. And he's not on the field. He doesn't play all the games because he really plays a much, much more physical game than Andrews. Uh, or Travis Kelsey. So he, is he certainly inside the top 10? Obviously. But I think I'm going to look for other guys um, if I'm going at the top of the tight end draft board. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I mean, the one thing is that him and Purdy actually had a nice chemistry in the red zone. So George Kittle had 11 touchdowns last year, um, but he only had 700 odd yards receiving. Um his role is different than those other guys that you mentioned. Now, Kittle missed the first two games of the season, but played the rest of the way. Uh, but he's such a big part of the rushing game, and that's why he only had 86 targets. When you look at Mark Andrews with 120 targets and Travis Kelsey with 150 targets, it's just a different kettle of fish. So the lack of opportunities, and because he's such a good blocker, uh, takes him away from being in that category. I like the fact that he is a red zone target. And again, Purdy and him had definitive chemistry, uh, and the 11 touchdowns is a nice factor. Uh, but as a result, he's just not going to be where those guys are. He's going to be a top seven tight end for certain, uh, but not where those guys are at the top of the board. And the 49ers is going to have a new place kicker this year. Uh, Jake Moody, 49ers defense. As far as I'm concerned, both inside the top 10, the 49ers defense well inside the top 10, inside the top five as well. Moody is intriguing to me. Um, your viewpoints on Moody and the 49ers defense. I'd say the one thing that does concern, so Moody's a rookie kicker from Michigan, so we'll have to see how that plays out, but there should be plenty of opportunities as Robbie Gould has shown in the past. Uh, there are some outstanding players, uh, and, and you add Javon Hargraves to this. So there's some ups, outstanding players up front. 
I still say, Wiz, this secondary concerns me. Jared Stidham lit him up like a Christmas tree, if you remember, um, in that game late in the season last year. And I, I don't know, Wiz. I, I look at that secondary, and that secondary doesn't scare me. So if you have a game where the front seven's not able to get to the quarterback a little bit, it leaves them a little bit vulnerable. So uh, I think it's still a top 10 defense, no question about it, and probably a top five defense. But I think their secondary is quite overrated, Wiz. Yeah, it's just tough because they just get on top of you. And then when Bosa doesn't have to concern himself with the running game and competing his years back and the rest of those guys get rushed to quarterback, it really makes for a difficult situation. But, yeah, they they, they kind of, you know, are one of those teams that if you're able to find some time, you can make plays down the field. But uh, you're going to get them, but they're also going to get you with, with that pass rush. So I hear you, um, but uh, I think both of us feel – uh, 49ers defense should be drafted in all formats. Oh, yeah. No question about that. No question about that. All righty. So, unless you have anything else you want to add, or uh, on to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, it's, I, I think Seattle's the best team in this division, was. That's what I think. So, I'm excited to talk about them. Um, yeah, I think they're going to win this division. I have strong, strong feelings. Got prop bets on them. So, I am excited to talk about them. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Up and coming in the Northwest, Wiz. Up and coming. Alrighty. 